0: You're listening to WJMSradio.com, where radio is reimagined. The Fired Up Show starts right now.
1: And welcome, welcome. It's Monday. It's Monday. And we have eight days to go, ladies and gentlemen. Can you feel it? Can you feel it all winding up toward that big, big day next week? So eight days until the last day of the 2020 election season when everybody who hasn't either cast an early ballot by mail or drop-off will need to march up to their polling place and cast their vote in person. And I don't know about you, but I am politically tired. (laughs) This year, uh, this last two years, Uh, have just been super crazy with all the politics and all the issues we've been going through. And then on top of that, we had the coronavirus pandemic pop up in uh, January, February of this year. So, you know, and uh, just to recap our numbers, as we do each week, the U.S. is currently at 8.59 million cases of COVID-19 reported Uh, With 225,000 people who have uh, perished from the disease, uh, we've started to see some more spiking that has been happening in areas around the country, uh, particularly uh, driven in some small part or, or some part by the recent increase in the number of live campaign events that have been going on and drawing big crowds. So, you know, we're still rolling through uh, the pandemic, Um, you know, depending on which side you're talking to, we're either rounding the corner or we're looking at a dark winter. So we're getting information from both sides Um, and we just need to continue to be vigilant, continue to stay safe, continue to take care of ourselves, our family and our community uh, and do everything we can to, to slow down the progression and perhaps you know, reverse the trend of increasing numbers of, of infections and death each week. So we'll, we'll keep posted on that. Um, but I must admit, I'm ready to press Control-Alt-Delete on the, con- the coronavirus, let me tell you. Uh, in other news, you know, it is election season. As I said, we've got eight days to go. Um, and it, it, in one sense, it will be nice to get back to a more normal news level than we've been particularly in the last six months, uh, or, or so, but, you know, all through the course of the election season, you know, we, we've gone from something like 27 or 28 candidates for president on, in both parties. And now we're down to the final vote for the final two so we will stay tuned and keep posted and see how that all turns out um other things and in, and in, in, but before i get off of, of the um election uh the numbers i have as of sunday show that let me bring it up here in early voting a total of 59 million 35 uh, uh, ballots have been submitted of those Thirty-nine million eight hundred fifty-one thousand uh, have been mail-in ballots, and nineteen million one hundred eighty-three thousand have been uh, in-person ballots cast in early voting. So we are well on the way to having a record uh, early voting turnout, uh, driven, you know, clearly by the the huge number of mail-in ballots that are being submitted. Um, what does this mean? Well, it means, as we've said here on this show, and as you've heard in, in all of the, the media outlets are talking about it, it is not likely that we will have a clear answer on Election Eve. Um, it, it is more than likely that it will be some number of days after Election Day to when we get a, a final resolved count that we will then know who the uh, President of the United States will be come January 21st, 2021. Um, Although I was listening to some news shows earlier on or early on Sunday and interesting uh, proposition was put out there that it might be possible that the number of in-person ballots cast on election day will be sufficient to Determine who will be the next president. Now, how would that work? Well, if a large, large enough number of in-person votes are cast, uh, both ones that were cast early, and as we said, there's some 19 million of them, and ones that are cast on election day, uh, are are greater than the total number of outstanding ballots that remain. Uh, and give a clear margin of victory to one candidate or the other, then that state's electoral votes would be assigned. So, say, for example, in one scenario, and, you know, we have a 2016 all over again, where uh, the incumbent president, Donald Trump, uh, corrals enough votes to gain the 270 uh, electoral votes needed, to, you know, to confirm his re-election as president, you know, even though all of the mail-in and and, and absentee ballots have yet to be counted, uh, that may be a wrap. Likewise, if, you know, there is, and and many pundits are talking about a blue wave that's going to sweep across the country, uh, and, you know, Democratic uh, candidate Joe Biden garners, you know, the, the votes he needs to get you know all the electoral votes uh, that he would need to become president then also that's a wrap so you know say that to say this don't let that contingency either way stop you from getting out there and completing the voting process if you haven't done so already get out there and vote get your vote counted make sure that you vote 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 Uh, it is extremely important and of course, it's not just the presidential race that's important. The, the Senate, the House of Representatives at the national level, and all of the state down-ballot races depend on everyone getting out and casting their ballot. So do your diligence. Get informed. Get educated. Find out who's on the ballot in your area. Uh, do your research. Find out who speaks uh, or, or thinks like you think and go out and vote for that individual. Yeah, but let's get that done all right i want to do a little bit of housekeeping so uh, in last week's show uh one of the the things that i did uh talk about was the contract with black america that was uh published out by you know actor activist rapper ice cube and there has just been a ton of conversation about this document over the last uh, week, 10 days or so. And, and the first thing I want to clarify, because I, I had some people, you know, follow up with me on what, what I said. And, you know, essentially they were taking me to task uh, for, you know, supporting Ice Cube and, and all of that. And let me be clear. I give Ice Cube credit for the work he has done over the years in in putting voice to issue uh, in terms of things that are affecting Black America. I did not endorse his issuing of the contract with Black America. What I did say is that it was a thoughtful uh, look. To be well researched document as far as it went there are a few areas where it needs some tweaking in my opinion most notably in uh, a little more emphasis on black women but you know it, it was not an endorsement one way or the other for ice cube uh, as you know about this show it's not about the people it's about the issues so you know for those that were, were bringing me a little bit of heat uh, who you know think that, you know, Ice Cube is kind of Johnny come lately to the the political activist arena. You know, hey, it's a valid argument, you know. Um but that's not the argument I was making. So, just to clear that up. Um the second thing, let's um let's wrap up uh and and talk about the final presidential debate. So this past week, we had the final presidential debate between, obviously, President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Um, Number one, and at the top, I want to say kudos for a job well done by the moderator, Kristen Welker. Um, She was, you know, focused. She was on point. She did a whole lot to keep the... Debate under control, uh, aided to some extent by the presence of a mute button where she was able to, to mute the microphone of either candidate if they had exceeded their time or they were interrupting during the uninterrupted portions of the presentation. But all in all, um, she asked insightful questions. She was challenging. Uh, she was uh, fact-checking in real time and I think she did an excellent job. As far as the participants, uh, I actually will give uh, both of them a much improved grade over their prior debate, um, and I think the end result was a debate that was, for the most part, substantive uh, uh, you know, and engaging. I do have some critiques of, of both sides, You know, Vice President Biden uh, made, you know, a a couple of gaffes and was uh, fuzzy on some of his facts and actually, you know, made some statements that were not totally truthful, uh, that were false in some regard or another. Um, But overall, uh, I believe he did a substantive job in terms of communicating his policies, his agenda, what he intends to do. Uh, as president should he win election and I think he added more to the picture of of what his plans are so all in all I think um, you know Vice President Biden uh, uh, held himself really well in this debate on the other side I actually will give you know President Trump some credit Uh, he was much less antagonistic uh, didn't interrupt anywhere near as much uh, as he did in the first debate although he did a little bit but you know the you know as i said Kristen welker was was on top of that and the mute button was always available so he managed to restrain himself somewhat um my my critique of the president's performance uh is a continuation of what i've said about uh, uh, him and his performance with the media and with the American people, you know, prior to this, is he is a master of not answering the question that's asked in the answer that he provides. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, he in in, in one question, a uh, very pointed question on what the candidates would do, you know, for Black America. Uh, president trump fell back on his his stunt speech uh, statements you know i've done more for black people than any president since abraham lincoln quote close quote etc etc uh it, it again a typical political politician's version of how to not answer a question while providing an answer to a question um you know it and, and as I said, as I said, I, I think last week, uh, it, it would be really great if we had, you know, Wonder Woman's magic lasso or, or some other device where the, the person who's answering the question would be compelled to give a straightforward answer. You know, if it's a yes, no question, we don't need three minutes worth of monologue. You know, if, if it's, you know, are you going to tie your shoes tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> Answer, question answered. Next. You know, so uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's all a game. Um, these aren't really debates in the definition sense of what a debate is. Um, they, they're really a, a marketing campaign uh, with someone targeting the marketing according to a series of questions that's being asked and answered or not answered. So, you know, overall, as I said, the second debate was much improved over the first one. Um, In in my opinion, I believe, you know, and much of the the media uh, is in agreement uh, that Vice President Biden, you know, accorded himself a whole lot better than President Trump did in this debate as well. So there you have it. The debates are over turn the page um you know and you can you can go look at the fact checks you can go look you know politifact factcheck.org and you know they will run down the the statements that were true mostly true uh false mostly false pants on fire and so forth um you know I, i won't i won't go through all of those here i will say though that the number of Uh, Mostly false, false and pants on fire statements uh, that President Trump provided far outweighed the ones that Vice President Biden provided. So, okay. Um, other housekeeping. So here we are eight days away from the 2020 election, you know. All of the how consequential this election is and, and what's at stake and everything that's going on, you know, all of that uh, will be addressed, you know, uh, a week from tomorrow. Uh, what remains is what we do after the election. So, you know, in, in the latest news that came out as of um, Sunday night when, you know, this show is recorded, Uh, The Senate had passed Judge Amy Coney Barrett's um, nomination on the floor, and all that remains is for a vote uh, to confirm and install her on the Supreme Court. No big surprise. Uh, Republicans, um, you know, 51 Republicans voted in favor, 47 Democrats voted opposed. So majority rules, Republicans got their way. Okay, so we're going to have a uh, 6-3 conservative-leaning Supreme Court for a while. All right, we'll deal with that. We've had those in the past as a country. Um, the, the court you know, has been politically uh, appointed you know, majorities on both sides, uh, conservative and liberal. What ends up happening, though, and it's important to note this, that, you know, everyone thought that with the nominations of Justice Kavanaugh uh, and Justice Gorsuch, uh, also by President Trump, that the conservative majority would have a lock on the Supreme Court. Well, both Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch uh, have voted in opposition to conservative points of view on several key issues and the Supreme Court as a whole has voted in opposition to several conservatively supported and um, presidentially supported laws or or cases that have come before them Uh, they have not hesitated to where the law has been clear Uh, They have not hesitated to, you know, to reverse on the president and on the conservative uh, party uh, with several issues, uh, you know, including around voter suppression, including around, you know, interference with uh, the post office and and other funding elements and so forth. So having more conservatives than liberals on the Supreme Court doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to go conservative's way. Now, having said that, having, you know, a, a huge number of lower court judges who are aligned with conservative points of view uh, is a little more problematic in that, you know, a lot of cases that are judged at the circuit court level or the, you know, appellate court level uh, do not make it to the Supreme Court. Even if they are filed, they may not be taken up by the highest court. So, you know, there is still a lot of work to do in terms of writing legislation, getting legislation passed at the state and federal level that is clear and well-researched and well documented and defended among, you know, the the laws of this country so that challenges can be decided at a lower level and not have to rise up to the level of the Supreme Court where, you know, depending on which way you you lean, you know, you're either going to get a conservative victory or a conservative defeat if the liberal side wins. You know, so it all the more important and all the more emphasis that we need to place on not only the top of the ticket election that's coming up in a week, but even more importance needs to be paid to your governors, your state senate, your state legislatures, your mayors, your city councils, your county boards. All of those need to get your scrutiny, need to get your engagement And need to, you know, be selected based on how they are going to do their job. One of the issues that, you know, this country has been afflicted with um, for a long time. And I don't know how we we unafflict ourselves, but we have become of a mind that a an election is a popularity contest. No, an election is and should be a job interview. And just like in a job interview, it doesn't matter uh, to a great extent how good you look when you walk in the door or you know even how well you speak, you know the how your cologne or perfume smells or any of that. It isn't about the physicality. it isn't about how they look. Uh, it isn't about the optics. At the end of the day, the election is supposed to be who is going to do the best job. That we want them to do. And you know we have to find ways to get back into that mindset. As we move forward in electing our leaders going into the future. So alright. Let's, um, let's stop here. Let's take a break. And when we come back on the other side. Uh, I'm going to spend the balance of the show. Because I want to talk about the issues. That you need to be thinking about. Between now and Election Day, or that you need to have an opinion on when you go into that voting booth uh, on Election Day. So, stay tuned. You're listening to Fired Up right here on WJMSRadio.com. This is Steve, and we'll be right back after the break.
0: I was going to get my voter ID card because they said you had to have it in order to be able to vote. When I got there, I approached the gentleman at the counter and told him what I wanted. I showed him my veterans card. He said, that was no good. He said, you had to have a state issued ID card in order to be able to vote.
1: Seniors, women, people of color, young adults, those with low incomes, people with disabilities. Every citizen needs to review your documentation now to make sure you can vote in November. Please check with your local county election board to make sure the name on your photo ID closely matches the name you used when you registered to vote. Please contact us at 866-OUR-VOTE or 866-687-8683.
0: Southern leaves, southern trees we hung from Barren souls, heroic songs unsung Forgive them father, they know this not as undone Tied with the rope that my grandmother died Pride of the pilgrims affect lives of millions Slave days separating fathers from children Institution ain't just a building but a method of having black and brown bodies filled them. We ain't seen as human beings with feelings. Will the U.S. ever be us? Lord willing, for now we know the new Jim Crow to stop, search, and arrest our souls. Police and policies patrol, philosophies of control. A cruel hand taking hold. We let go to free them so we can free us. America's moment to come to Jesus. Bird sings for freedom to ring. Black bodies being lost in the American dream. Blood, of black bean, a pastoral scene. Slavery's still alive. Check Amendment 13. Not whips and chains are subliminal. Instead of nigger, they use the word criminal. Sweet land of liberty, incarcerated country. Shot me with your ray gun, and now you wanna trump me. Prison is a business, America's the company. Investing in the justice, fear, and long suffering. We staring in the face of hate again The same hate they say will make America great again No consolation prize for the dehumanized For America to rise it's a matter of black lives And we gon' free them so we can free us America's moment to come to Jesus belong oh, oh freedom won't be long
1: and welcome back to fired up right here on wjms radio this is steve i'm your host each week and we're going to talk, as we are right now, uh, in the shadow of Election Day, we're going to talk about the important issues that you need to be thinking about as you go uh, to the polls, uh, for those of you who still have not yet uh, cast your vote. If you've already cast your vote, then you know this information really... Uh, is probably a reinforcement for those reasons that you carried when you filled out your ballot and, you know, mailed it in or dropped it off. Uh, but it bears mentioning that the issues, uh, as much as the, the individuals uh, running for office, you know, up and down the ballot, uh, issues have, as they always have, been an important factor in deciding how the elections in this country turn out. And 2020 is no different. I have a couple of polls that I want to reference to in this segment. Uh, the first one uh, is from the Pew Research Organization. And it is uh, just looking at what are the top issues for voters in the 2020 election. Uh, this poll was conducted uh, back in August. And in my research, I didn't find another version of it uh, that could that clearly defined as this one does, but this one was done and and completed back in August and uh, carries a lot of the relevant issues that are still out there for the electorate uh, here as we are in November now with the election looming, so let's get into it. Uh, The top issue and and both polls, the the Pew Research poll that I'm I'm quoting here and the Gallup poll that I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, both have the same top pick for issues for voters in the 2020 election, and that is the economy. Uh, In the Pew poll, 79% of the respondents indicated that the economy was their number one issue uh, of concern as they were Looking at the candidates uh, going into the election and 79% of the respondents indicated the economy uh, was that key issue. And of course, you know, it, it's tied into the fact that this pandemic has uh, really put the brakes on the American economy, uh, you know, and with the number of businesses that have uh, been closed or impacted, the number of people who are on unemployment and so forth obviously you know that is a key concern uh... for the american public um, the next issue that came up in the list is health care and that had sixty eight percent of the people who felt that it was a uh... you know important issue and you know obviously that's tied also into the uh... coronavirus outbreak which i'll, I'll get to in a second but clearly with all of the discussion that's been going on about the impacts to health care that this election is going to hold uh, obviously that is something that a lot of people are talking about Uh, the third one here in the pew poll and i should note that this does not show up in the gallup poll and you know as as we've said in in our discussions on polls and prior episodes it all depends on what questions are asked but uh, the supreme court appointments came in at number three here, with 64% of respondents indicating that this had a high significance for them in terms of their election decisions uh, here in 2020. The coronavirus outbreak uh, came in next at 62%, obviously, for all of the expected reasons. Uh, Coronavirus has really uh, impacted everything from the top to the bottom in, in our country over this past year. Violent crime showed up at 59% response rate. Uh, and you know, there, there have been a lot of incidents uh, that have gone on in, in terms of violence in the streets and, and violent crime in general that you know, make this a, a perennial uh, top tier pick in terms of uh, election issues. Foreign policy uh, has, was another at 57%. And, you know, perhaps that's tied to, you know, the the uh, struggles that our foreign policy program has had under this administration. Uh, Gun policy came in at 55 percent and, you know, gun policy and gun control are always top tier in the election uh, issue uh, list uh, year over year over year. Uh, race and ethnic inequality showed up at 52%. Uh, and obviously with the uh, protests, the Black Lives Matter protests, and you know, the, the uh, debates and discussions and, and arguments going back and forth about Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the Proud Boys and, and all of these elements uh, has elevated this uh, into the top ten. Uh, immigration uh, tied with race and ethnic inequality at 52%, uh, clearly you know, that has been a big issue going through this year, both in terms of the, the concerns that people have for you know, immigration into this, into this country uh, on both sides of the issue, as, as well as the treatment by this administration of immigrants uh, at the borders and in general. The next one is economic inequality and that came in at 49 percent, uh, again tied to, you know, the the uh, coronavirus and tied to the response to it and and other things. Uh, climate change showed up at 42 percent, and rounding out the list from the Pew Research poll was abortion, another. One that is on every list, every election going forward. It, it is a, a key issue in this country. Uh, so that represents uh, what the Pew organization found as the top issues uh, in the election this year. And you know, we, we can switch over and look at the Gallup poll. And I'll post links to both of these polls uh, on my Facebook page facebook.com slash fired up radio those will be up there by the time the show airs and they'll they'll be there uh, for you to look at and and digest at at your own so let's let's take a look now at the Gallup poll now this one was conducted a little bit differently in that there were uh, you know a thousand uh, individuals asked about the importance how important the candidates positions on the issue uh, will be in influencing influencing your vote and uh, again it goes down and shows the the categories are very are extremely important excuse me very important somewhat important not important or no opinion and what I'll give you is the extremely important number followed by the very important number. And we'll, we'll go down the list. So in, in the Gallup poll, uh, the number one uh, list item was the economy. And 44% said it's extremely important. And 45% said that it's very important. Uh, obviously, if you do the math, it says that 90% of the respondents think that this is you know seriously important um, terrorism and national security uh, perhaps tied you know both to you know what we we've, we've seen over the course of the last year or so in terms of international terrorism but also in, in terms of the perception of what's going on here in this country uh, as as well with the protests and so forth uh, 44% Thought it was extremely important. Thirty-nine uh, percent said that it was very important. Uh, response to the coronavirus was the number three pick in this poll. Uh, it was number four in the in the Pew poll. Forty-three uh, percent thought that this was extremely important, and thirty-four percent thought that it was very important. And again, this is a reflection of how the respondents felt that these pos- the positions of the candidates on this issue uh, would be in influencing their vote. Uh, related, health care came in at almost the exact same numbers, 42% saying that it was extremely important and 38% saying that it was very important. Uh, should be noted here that in both of these, the response to the coronavirus and health care, in each question thought that it was also somewhat important. So the overwhelming majority of responses in the the healthcare and coronavirus category are overwhelmingly that it has an importance in their decision process. Uh, Education, 40% extremely important, 42% somewhat important. Race relations, 38% extremely important, and 37% somewhat important. Gun policy showed up again as it as I said. This you know gun control gun issues show up uh, historically uh, in every election cycle uh, as as we you know go through the uh, the situation here. I'm just adjusting my screen. Bear with me. Uh, crime, thirty four percent, extremely important. Forty five percent here thought that crime was very important. Uh, And 17% thought that it was somewhat important. Uh, By the way, under gun policy, uh, as I said, 37% extremely important, 31% very important, 27% somewhat important. So gun policy is a big issue. Uh, Abortion made the list in both polls. 30% extremely important, 31% somewhat, I'm sorry, very important. And 24% uh, somewhat important. Um, Immigration, 29% thought that it was extremely important. 36% thought that it was very important. And 27% thought that it was somewhat important. Again, a majority of people believe that these issues are important. Climate change. 28% 28% considered it extremely important in their decision uh, on which candidate they were going to vote for. 27% thought it was very important. And 27% also thought it was not important. Um, I'm sorry, 27% in that last one was somewhat important. Uh, 19% however did think that it was not important. Uh, should be interesting to note there. Foreign affairs, 27% thought it was extremely important, 47% thought it was very important, 24% thought it was somewhat important. Uh, Taxes uh, showed up on this, didn't show up on the other poll. 25% thought the taxes were extremely important uh, in their decision-making process, 36% thought that they were very important, and 33% thought they were somewhat important. Uh, Federal budget deficit, 24% thought that it was extremely important, 41% thought that it was very important, and 26% thought that it was somewhat important. Uh, Relations with China, 23% thought that this was extremely important, 41% thought that it was very important, and 32% thought that it was somewhat important. And relations with Russia, to conclude the list, 21% 21% thought it was very important, 28% thought it was, I'm sorry, extremely important was 21%, 28% thought it was very important, and 39% thought that it was somewhat important. So, what's the takeaway from, you know, those, those two polls? Well, clearly, the American people are, are thinking, you know, very heavily about the economy uh, national security, response to the coronavirus, healthcare, education, you know, all of the top tier issues. And, you know, a lot of their thinking in terms of who they are voting for uh, is going into, you know, those uh, areas and, and considering how they feel and how what kind of job they feel either the incumbent has done or the candidate will do. And, you know, it, it, it's again part of that diligence that we all have to do in terms of how we process our vote into the system and again for those of you that have already voted um, you know all you know 59 something million of you um, obviously to some sense you have already processed that that data hopefully uh, this lines up with what your thinking was um, but if it's not, or if there are items that were more important to you, uh, take the opportunity. Uh, reach out to the show. Send an email to firedupradio at yahoo.com and let me know what were your important uh, deciding factors in who you voted for? Um, not necessarily required that you say who it was that you have voted for or which, which party you voted for, but you know what went into your decision? What were the things that were front of mind as you went into or, or you sat down with that ballot and filled it out? Uh, and and particularly, you know, it, it's interesting that a, as much as we should consider this in terms of the presidential candidates, these same rules, these same thoughts need to apply when we look at who we are voting for for Senate, who we are voting for for our Um, House of Representatives and who we're voting for, you know, in those states where you have a governor's race, uh, you know, or state senate or state legislature, you know, mayor, city council, county boards, you know, all of all of these elected officials should measure up on your list of what's important to you. And, you know, hopefully they should be in agreement with as many of them as possible so that you know that they are working you know to to uphold your best interest not just theirs you know one of one of the things that this election is also being a referendum on is how much do our elected officials listen to the people who vote them into office you know we we've talked about this in the past uh, many times on this show, and you know the the intent is that we elect them to represent us you know they work for us not the other way around so to the extent that you hear polls that say you know 70% of people think that you know the economy is a key issue and is very or you know extremely important to them and yet they still do not seem to be able to come to an agreement on an economic policy to benefit the overwhelming share of the people that are, are struggling, you know, as a result of the coronavirus and the impacts it's had on our economy. And, you know, that is just a, a frustration and a question that we need to be asking our elected officials, you know, almost on a daily basis. Why have you not? Worked out an agreement with the other side, whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat. One of the things that, that came up in the debate between uh, Biden and Trump was, you know, in, in, in one of the questions, Biden was saying how one of the problems that he and former President Obama had in getting their policies uh, accomplished was the fact that they had an opposition Congress. And Donald Trump looked over to him and said, "Well you know why didn't you ask them Joe why didn't you force them Joe?" the same question could be asked with this president if getting a um, getting a coronavirus package financial package for the people for the businesses for the states the schools first responders, and all of that is so critically important to you mr. President, why are you not telling your Republican Senate leader to get it done. Why are you not putting them on public notice saying that I have instructed, you know, the Republicans in the Senate to get a deal done with you know, the House and get a package to the American people. You know, you you've talked about it. You you said that you could get it done in a moment. Well, here we are, it's election day, you know, and, you know, the moment is passed. So, you know, even if we get it in, it's still going to be weeks or maybe a month or more before we see the results out to the American people. You know, and there are you know, millions of people who are still on unemployment, uh, unemployment benefits and even the extensions to unemployment uh, does not last forever. Uh, some people will be falling off those rolls uh, either at the end of November or at the end of December uh, protections for renters and people that have mortgages against being evicted run out at the end of the year. And, you know, I, I, I was watching a a talk show or a roundtable discussion on that. And one of the things to keep in mind is that even though there's a moratorium on evictions, There isn't a moratorium on landlords filing to evict tenants. So what we could see, you know, on January 1st or January 2nd, you know, whatever the first business day of January 2021 is, is a flood of people getting a knock at the door, telling them that they've got 10 days to move out of their apartment or move out of their home. And that's a reality that is looming closer and closer as we move through the last two months of 2020. And, you know, it's not their fault that a virus has created this havoc in their lives. And, you know, that uh, the money's run out, the help has run out, there's no cavalry coming over the hill. And, you know, you've got to pack up your wagon and find someplace else to live. You know, and that's a real deal. One that should be being screamed into telephone voicemails and written in emails and all capital letters and posted on, you know, elected official web pages or Facebook pages. Again, in all capital letters that there are going to be millions of of Americans who are going to be kicked out of their homes on New Year's. And, you know, the, the, the government has not done what it is supposed to do. Again, Republican and Democrat, you know, this is an equal opportunity ass whooping. Both parties are to blame for this. Both parties um, should be putting the needs of the American people first. Ahead of their ego, ahead of their party you know, affiliation, you're elected into your office, Mr. Senator or Ms. Senator, Mr. Congressman or Ms. Congresswoman, uh, governor, uh, state senator, state legislator, mayor, city council member. You're elected to serve the people, to take care of the people, to put the best needs and to protect us from you know emergencies from danger and you have not done that for purely ego for you know optic reasons for what looks good on TV reasons whatever the reason is if you're not putting the american people first then you're not doing the job you were sent to congress to get done so you know as always our call to action we need to be communicating that message to our elected officials. You know, let, let's, let's get on the phone. Let's send them a fax. Let's send them an email. Let's post to their Twitter page. Let's post to their Facebook page or wherever they are on social media and let them know in large numbers that, you know, we're not happy. And at the end of the day, that's the other message that a super huge uh, election turnout is going to send to our elected officials. Um, every indication is that the 2020 election is going to be one of the highest voter turnouts in American history. Um, I, I've seen estimates from, you know, 140 to 170 million votes will be cast. Uh, and, you know, that's at levels, you know, uh, approaching 70 you know, percent. Uh, of the the registered voters that's unheard of in american politics at least in the you know the last hundred years so you know the the message is clear that needs to be sent get off your ass and get your job done all right um our last segment here is you know as always um you know if you have not yet voted um you know, pretty much the, the clocks have run out in terms of uh, early voting. Um, and now, you know, you need to make sure that you get out there and do your civic duty uh, mask up, glove up, bring some hand sanitizer with you, uh, bring a snack, bring some water, um, you know, bring a chair or whatever, because uh, you're likely to have a long wait in line on Election Day. But either way. Don't let that deter you. Don't let that stop you. Don't let that discourage you. So here we are. We will know and and talk on, you know, the show following uh, Election Day, uh, how all of this has turned out. Uh, hopefully the dust will have settled and we'll we'll have a a a clear winner and we'll know what at least something of what the future is going to look like for the United States of America. In the meantime, you know, thank you each, each week. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, reach out to the show. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Fired Up Radio. Please uh, like and subscribe to the page. Uh, the Twitter is at RUFiredUp on Twitter. And, of course, the email for the show is fired up radio at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. This is Steve. It's been my pleasure to talk with you. Stay safe out there, everyone. Take care of yourselves, your family and your community. And I will talk to you again in seven days.